My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 216 of The Kate Show. Guys, how is it already the end of 2022? Like, ever since 2020 happened, life has been a blur, and I'm not saying it's because of what's going on in the world. I think it's because I am a mom with two young kids, and that's just how life is going to be, right? (sighs) But you know, I feel like life has been a blur really since I started my business. And if I could go back to 2014 when I first started and give myself some words of wisdom as a new business owner, I would have a lot to say. I'd give myself a heads up on every mistake that older me would be making and share how younger me could avoid those pitfalls. The thing is, though, those experiences, especially the bad ones, brought me something incredibly valuable as an entrepreneur. Wisdom. Yes, guys, I now know 5% of things rather than 0%. Not bad for eight years of having no idea what I was doing. Wait, eight years, almost nine at this point. It'll be nine in February. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever felt that way? Have you felt clueless? Like you know where you want to go in your business, sort of, but you have no idea how to get there. But there's just some part of you that knows somehow, some way it should be possible. Well, my friends, today's episode of The Kate Show is for the newbies. If you started your business in the last two years, you're going to want to listen closely. Now, I'm not dropping any wisdom that's new to the face of the earth, but if you can take a nugget of something with you today to make your business journey easier, then my job will be complete and I can shut down my podcast. And just kidding, I have a lot more podcasting to do. So before we get into the six wise tactics that every new business owner in the home industry needs to know, I do want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors. Now, for those of you who are like, oh, great, here comes an ad. I'm going to skip it. Let me just keep this short and sweet and remind you guys, the only reason I take sponsors or media partners for The Kate Show is because I'm either using these tools or I believe in them so much and I would be using them if I were an interior designer or someone else in the home industry. Speaking of which, if I were an interior designer, I would be using platforms like HoneyBook and SideDoor. Now, you've probably heard me talk about these things before, but let me just give you a quick recap. HoneyBook is a tool that I do use, but a lot of interior designers also use it, and it's for managing client workflow. So if you have someone fill out the contact form on your website and you want to automatically send them a few different things like your services brochure or a link to book a call with you. HoneyBook does all of that and it's automated and it's just like really beautiful. It's a really beautiful experience. You can accept payments through HoneyBook. You can schedule out your life. You can handle all client communication in one spot and you can get 50% off your first year with HoneyBook if you use the code socialite. So if you go to share.honeybook.com forward slash socialite, you're going to get that discount. Now, the other thing that I would totally use, I can't because I'm not a designer, but I would totally be using is side door. So if you feel like as an interior designer, you want to stop trading hours for dollars, you want to develop more of a leveraged income strategy, not passive, because honestly, guys, there's no such thing as passive income. That's such a big myth out there. But if you're like, I want to work smarter, not harder, then you really do need to check out Side Door because it lets you curate room collections like the farmhouse family room or the modern master suite or whatever you want to call it that is specific to a certain design aesthetic 
specific to what you know your clients would love, but you've already done the shopping for them. And they just go to the collection, they either buy the entire collection or just pieces from it, and then you make a commission of an average of 30%? Like, that's insane! Plus, these products aren't Target and Pottery Barn and Restoration Hardware, these are actual to-the-trade-only brands, which means that you don't get circumvented as the interior designer, you're supporting the home industry, you're making a killing on the commissions, and you don't have to deal with any of the shipping or the customer support or returns or back orders. I mean, it's really pretty much genius, and I'd be a terrible interior designer, but I would use this and I would market the heck out of it because I really believe in Side Door. I believe in what they are doing for you guys and what they are making possible. So if you want to check out Side Door, apply to join them. You can go to www.onsidedoor.com to get started. All right, that is it for our sponsors. Let's jump into today's episode, the six wise tactics for new and creative business owners in the home industry. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, so before I get into this rant of an episode, I want you to pause for a minute and hear me out. Remember, if your new business isn't profitable right away, that's okay. I was once one of those new business owners that wondered why I didn't have a full load of clients within six months of registering my LLC. And honestly, that expectation of quick success and fast growth really discouraged me because it did not pan out that way. Now, I'm not asking you to walk around thinking you won't be successful from day one, but I want you to look at success differently in different phases of your business. Success in the early phase of business looks like setting up your internal processes, creating a brand, and starting to work on your marketing. Success in the early to mid phase of business looks like marketing yourself consistently for 12 months while not expecting to get a single client from it until much later. How's that for a reality check? This way, you'll be surprised and delighted if you get a client sooner than that rather than depressed if you don't. I've talked to a lot of people who've been in business for less than two years, and they are sad people because they went into business with the expectation of, well, I'm, I've been in business for three months, I should have had a client by now. But that's just not reality for a lot of people, for most people. Because here's the thing, you're not one Instagram reel away from stardom. It's not that easy, unfortunately. But it's more likely that you are 2,000 emails, 12 networking events, and three online courses away from getting your first client. Adjust your expectations and use your time wisely by avoiding trendy marketing and shiny object syndrome. Now, case in point, if you're spending more than a half hour a day on social media, that's two and a half hours per work week, which is 10 hours a month. You could instead spend that time on your own education or figuring out how to manage your finances before the money even starts coming in or creating internal workflows or real world offline networking. Which brings me to my first point. Number one, social media isn't the answer to your income problems. 
If I had a dollar for every time a new business owner told me, I don't have clients and I know it's because I don't use social media correctly, I wouldn't even have to charge for my services anymore. I mean, that's how often I hear it. The idea that social media prowess will generate income is so prolific and so vastly misunderstood that it almost hurts my brain. It hurts my brain because, well, first of all, the idea that more people who see you means more people will hire you doesn't make any sense, especially if you're not speaking to anyone in particular. And also because posting on social media won't make it any easier to sell a poorly branded business or an improperly constructed service. Talking about something that isn't built well won't sell the thing that isn't built well. Now, I'm not saying every new business owner has something that isn't built well, but <laughs> believe me, I have been there. And the first couple of years in business are a time in your life that you will most likely always look back on and cringe just a little bit because it's like, what the heck was I doing? That looks terrible. And that's just a rite of passage. Okay. You don't need to feel bad about it. Just know that whatever you're doing today, you're going to cringe at a couple of years from now. I'm that way too. There are things that I created four years ago and I was no longer a new business owner. And I'm just like, ew, like what was I doing? I know how to do it so much better now, but I actually see that as a positive sign. It's a sign of growth. And if you're looking back at something you did five years ago and you're not cringing just a little bit, if it was like something in regard to your marketing, then you need to look a little bit closer because I am sure there is something that you think you could probably do a little bit better. That's just growth. And that's a good thing. Now, as a new business owner, your focus should be on your ideal client and their needs. Now, that can be tricky because if you're new, you're like, well, I have no idea who my ideal client is that's okay. You might have an idea of the different personality types or different problems you might like to address. Your focus should not be on reaching the social media masses. Now, if you're not sure who your ideal client is, narrow down the type of service you are most drawn to offering. Tighten up your service packages so that each one spells out the exact features and benefits. Use a flat fee or starting at pricing to make your business more transparent. Set up your workflow with purpose, thinking through the forms, questionnaires, email reminders, and contracts your client will need to experience and how those things will be delivered in a timely fashion. By the way, this is where HoneyBook is very helpful. The second wise tactic is remembering that ads won't bring you new clients. Ads put leads in your sales funnel, but only if you have one. We've been sold the idea, likely through an ad, by the way, <laughs> that running a print or digital ad will result in clients knocking on our proverbial doors. Ugh, if only. The actual purpose of an ad is to get the attention of the right person. But that means the design, placement, and call to action of the ad determine whether the ad will be successful in getting people to take the next step. But that next step is not for them to hire you. After all, what type of person sees one ad and then writes a big check for your services? Well, nobody. The next logical step for your future client to take is to do their research. Your job is to make it easy for them. Your ad should promote a free offer like an ebook or a video that requires them to opt in with their email address. Then that person should get an automated email from you that contains whatever freebie they signed up for and introduces them to your business. Subsequent emails, like a monthly email newsletter, should showcase your expertise, explain your services, and show your leads that you truly understand their pain points. However, you can't cram all of that into one email, so each month pick one pain point and illustrate how one of your services can remedy it. Include a call to action that tells your readers to book a discovery call with you, because after someone reads your email or your monthly newsletter, they will need to speak directly with you. 
Now that discovery call, once booked, allows you to determine whether that lead is a good fit. If yes, then the next step should be for the client to book a paid consultation, on-site or virtual, and from there your internal workflow will kick in. Yes, the workflow that you were working on back when you didn't have any clients. That's why you should use that early phase very wisely because you're going to need those workflows and they take a long time to set up. After that, you'll be on track to creating your first highly satisfied client. Awesome. The client will refer you to similar clients and you'll get a steady way of marketing yourself in this fashion because guys, word of mouth referral is the oldest form of marketing. It will never go out of style, so why not use it? Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by your website. Wait, what? Is this right? Yes, your website emailed The Kate Show and did it by itself, by the way, okay? And like asked me to tell you something. Your website said it really needs a tune-up, maybe even a complete makeover. It feels bad that it can't send you more clients and it wants to make it right with you. Oh, poor website. Seriously though, if you're ready for your website to make you look professional and attract the right clients, you need to take action. Go to katethesocialite.com to check out our beautiful website templates. They're really easy to customize and we even tell you exactly what you should say on each page of your website so that you can start speaking directly to your ideal client while also having better SEO. Go to katethesocialite.com to pick the website design that's right for you. Back up to the beginning. Did you even need to run an ad for this whole process to work? Thankfully, no. You just needed a reason for people to go to your website and sign up for your freebie. A few free ways to accomplish this include blogging once or twice a month, attending networking events maybe once a month, and reaching out via email to friends, family, and other contacts to ask them to refer clients to you. The paid ad is not necessary. It's just one tool in the toolbox and you do not have to use all the tools. Number three, a conversation over coffee with a potential lead source has more return on investment than your best Instagram reel ever will. Yes, real conversations in real life are better than making silly videos on social media. The home industry is built on personal relationships and every established designer and stager is nodding their heads right now. You can have the funniest videos and the prettiest Instagram feed, but your colleague who seeks out the coffee dates and barely posts on social media is the one who will get the jobs. Why? Well, because absolutely no one is in business with a social media feed, but every professional in the home industry will refer clients to other professionals that they personally know, like, and trust. If you enjoy social media for your business, then have fun. But don't mistake your social media efforts for income generation. There is no replacement for a face-to-face or a face-to-zoom interaction. You might not be in a geographic location or life situation where physically meeting with people is possible, and that's okay, you can use technology. But it has to be a person-to-person interaction. Now, case in point, I've never met most of my agency's clients or our referral partners in person, and while I'd love to, I'm not going to fly all over the U.S. and Europe to make it happen, because, y'all, I've got kids to raise and a team to manage. Instead, I've said yes to virtual events and podcast interviews. I've sought out specific people that I don't know, and I've asked them to be on my own podcast. I've had to intentionally and strategically forge relationships with people and businesses that serve the home industry that could refer clients to me just in the natural process of how they serve their clients. So you need to look for these people in your circles. Ask to be introduced or just introduce yourself. You don't need to pitch them. Just tell them who you are and how you can help. 
Never lead with, here's how you can help me, because that's the biggest turnoff ever. I get DMs and emails with these types of offers pretty frequently, and I always delete them without responding because... Nobody is in business to funnel leads into someone else's business, but everyone is in business to grow their network, look good in front of their clients, and hopefully serve those clients even better than before. Number four, search engine optimization is the best non-monetary investment you can make in your marketing. SEO is a mystery to most people, so let me just try to simplify it. SEO is like putting your website in a filing cabinet. Because you want those files to be easy to find, you have to label them in a folder. Those labels should match what the folder contains. The contents of the folder should pertain to the person you're trying to reach. When someone is looking for a particular thing, they're going to go to the filing cabinet, aka the internet, and look for whatever it is they're looking for. Your folder will match what they're looking for, so interior design in Massachusetts. They'll open it up and see your files, your website. Ta-da! You've just improved the research process for your client by making it easier for them to find exactly what they are looking for, and that is SEO. But what if someone opens your folder, your website, and finds a stack of papers with words crammed together in a scrambled mess? They're going to close the folder and keep looking elsewhere. That's why the design of your website, from the copywriting and photos to the buttons and links, needs to be arranged in a certain way. It's not good enough to simply have the words on your website that match the Google searches. You need to be clear and organized in your presentation and specific in who you're targeting. Simply put, if you are a design build firm, for example, that specializes in new builds for multi-generational families, say that on your website. Yes, just like that. Additionally, think about what your ideal client might be verbalizing. They might not just say, well, I need a multi-generational home. But they might say things like, hmm, how can I add a granny flat to my property? Or how on earth am I going to live with my in-laws? Or how to design a home for elderly or disabled people? Now, if you include those words on your website in the natural flow of how you're conversating, then you're going to have more of the right keywords. Keywords like ADU, accessory dwelling unit, granny flat, living with in-laws, aging in place, accessibility, disability, things like that. Now, if you need a template that's going to help you use the right keywords on your website, then you should go to katethesocialite.com and get my SEO template. It's completely free, and people have told me it's pretty darn helpful. So again, katethesocialite.com, you'll see it at the very top of my website. You can download it for free and start using it to get better SEO on your website. All right, number five, don't get so focused on income that you lose sight of outcome. I know it might be a little hard to believe right now, but there will come a day when you reach your financial goals and you'll find that the goalpost just keeps moving. Now, to a point, this is good. Stagnancy that is caused by complacency is often the beginning of the end for most businesses. However, if you're constantly chasing the next goal or revenue marker, you're going to get burned out and the overall quality of your life will suffer, from family time and personal vacations to how you feel when you wake up every morning. It's not wrong to be content with your business while also steadily marketing in the background to prevent that feast-to-famine cycle, but you don't always have to be pushing toward the next million-dollar idea or product launch or service expansion just for the sake of pursuit. For example, I'd actually like to start a second business while expanding the services of my current business. However, I'm not in a phase of life in which I want to do that. I mean, I've got two young kids, and they honestly take priority over my entrepreneurial goals. Plus, I want to keep pursuing my husband through all these little years because, you know, he's cute and he's stuck with me even after the kids move out. And I couldn't do any of this without him. 
little shout out, he's actually the CFO of my agency now. I hired him in mid-2022, and I like to remind him that I am his boss. <laughs> All right, number six, you really do need to stay in your lane. Running a business is like driving a car. If you're too busy watching the other drivers, you're going to have a hard time staying in your lane and reaching your destination. Don't get distracted by what other designers, stagers, or organizers in your area are doing. Sure, you can learn a few helpful tips from them, but don't fall into the copycat trap. What they're doing might be working for them, or it might not. You don't know. And it might not work for you. That's not the point. Stay in your lane by serving your own ideal client, which will naturally be different from theirs. And build your business around what that client needs rather than around mimicking what your colleagues are doing. Guys, here in summary, it's the big truth about owning a business. Running a business is emotional. You're going to second guess yourself. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say yes to the wrong clients. You're going to let clients use and abuse you a few times before you build the confidence to set boundaries and say no. You're going to spend money on advertising that doesn't work, and you're going to try a few marketing tactics that don't pan out. I know because I've been there. But don't think for one second that being in business longer or becoming successful means you won't have problems or stress. The bigger the business, the more potential for stress and problems. Whether your business is big or small, it all comes down to how you manage it and how you manage yourself. But know this, if what you're doing right now makes you sweat, if it scares you a little bit, you're probably doing it correctly. Here's to you and your success. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.